We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This week's episode is sponsored by TickPick, which should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Striking Gold podcast and the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for B-Dub. And we are coming to you right after the 49ers have dropped their third loss of the season, falling to the Arizona Cardinals 17-10. to um, Also going, they are now, after that last week's loss to the Seahawks, they are now 0-2 in the NFC West uh, in last place. Not exactly where uh, we thought the 49ers would be starting the season, or excuse me, at least that's what I thought. Um, I thought the 49ers would be a very good football team. Um, and, and here we are. So it, it, we'll work our way through it. This, as always, every Sunday evening or whenever I record right after the game, it's always just kind of like my gut reaction to the game. I don't take a ton of notes. I'm not looking for the post-game presser quotes. Um, that I'll get into a little later this week. This is really, as they've always been, um, just my reaction to the game. And really kind of the first thing that comes to mind for me is just sloppy, 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 sloppy. And no, not all of that falls on the fact that they were starting a rookie quarterback who was making his first start. It was just sloppy. And it's not even, it's not even something that seems new. I have had this kind of like impression of sloppiness after basically every game this season. Even the ones they won, squeaking by the Lions after allowing them to bring themselves back into the game, squeaking by the Eagles, losing to the Seahawks, and now losing to the Cardinals. 
it it just feels sloppy. It feels it just feels weird. It, it's it's hard to quantify it. I'm sure some of you guys can kind of relate to the way I'm feeling about it, but until you really go through and break down, you know, every single one of their blown plays, missed losses, you know, even the Green Bay Packers loss, which came down to a last second field goal. It just seems sloppy. Like they're leaving so much on the field. And when you're, when, when sloppy is the impression and it's not, I'm not coming away saying the team is overmatched. Then to me, my first instinct is coaching. What's changed what can be fixed, what might be being coached, what decisions are being made. That Because it doesn't seem like the 49ers are losing because they're overmatched. I just come away with the impression that stupid decisions are being made throughout these football games that put the 49ers in a position to lose. And if it's not from a coaching standpoint, you can look at it from a mistake standpoint and the decisions players are making on the field. It's just... It's not how I have felt about the 49ers in the way they lose for a while. For a while. You're talking penalties, just mistakes, turnovers, you know, even the ones where they're turning it over on downs, drops, missed tackles, lack of defensive pursuit. It just feels sloppy. And a lot of times it feels self-inflicted. It's it's just rough. It's rough. It's it's not like I don't feel like the 49ers are a bottom tier team in the NFL, although their record, you know, would start to to indicate that, or at least it's starting to have that impression. But I just feel like they're playing like a bottom tier team in the NFL. They they have ta- the talent to be winning these football games. They are good enough, but they're finding ways to lose. Those are just the impressions that I've come away with. And like I said, that even that even pertains to their wins. Like the Philadelphia one was was impressive just given the way that that game unfolded. And I feel like the 49ers were excited to win that game. And, and I felt like it was a good win. But even if you go back and look at the Lions game, it was just impressive until it wasn't. And then all three of their losses to the Packers, Seahawks, and Cardinals have all just felt rough. Maybe all losses feel rough. And I'm just kind of like, conveniently kind of just attaching that to these losses, but it just feels different. It feels gross. It feels like a 49ers team that is really, really, really underperforming. And I mean, you think about it, there were some drives in the third quarter where the 49ers were still very much in that game. You know, that you had in one drive, you had three holding penalties on Trent Williams, Mike McGlinchey, one of them on Travis Benjamin. Like you get in a drive, you're lucky to overcome one holding penalty given, you know, it's a 10 yard penalty. It instantly gives you, you know, adds twice the distance that you originally needed to go. And then, you know, that they, they can't overcome that one. And then again, on the next drive, I think Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey both got flagged again and Mike McGlinchey added a false start. Now I think that was on their touchdown drive where they went all the way down and Debo Samuel took it in for the score, but it just, it's just not clean. And, and you're just, why? Now I get it. The Cardinals pass rush is legit. Um, they've been getting after quarterbacks this season. But the, the defense in and of itself as a whole for the Arizona Cardinals hasn't been good. And 
it doesn't, it's not like Trey Lance is making all these mistakes in his first start that would keep the 49ers from winning. It was just an entire offense around him that along with Trey Lance was struggling when I feel like it shouldn't be. On the other side of the football, I felt like the defense played pretty well. You know, they the, the Arizona Cardinals, including against the Rams last week, has just been have been dropping points left and right. Kyler Murray is my fantasy quarterback, and he's just been awesome. And they've just been putting up points like crazy. And the 49ers defense held the Cardinals to two total touchdowns, one in each half. And they had their mistakes of their own that kept the that kept the Cardinals in the game and help give them the points they got. But, I mean, how could you ever complain about holding the Cardinals to 17 points at home? Again, that doesn't mean they were perfect. Plenty of mistakes that need to be corrected. But I, overall, I came away pretty, pretty impressed from the defense as a whole. The one thing I didn't really like, and it kind of seemed like it was less of an issue in the second half, is, and, and it's been something I've seen throughout the season, is, the 49ers seem like they have a tackling issue. They're not very good at tackling. Just from my first kind of recollection type of thing, it seems like the 49ers are rarely tackling on first contact. And then after, you know, whether it's the, the initial tackler or that tackle is broken and then the next guy comes up and hit him, it seems like the 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 opposing offenses are always gaining yards after contact. It's like a weird thing that I that I just noticed specifically in this game, but I know I've kind of been thinking it about it throughout the season. And then kind of the third thing. So you have a problem with missed tackles. You have a problem with the player being allowed to gain more yards after he's been made contact with. And then when it comes to the pile, okay, and I'll tell you what I mean by the pile. Every offense is coached to continue to block and continue to find work until the whistle. Every defense is coached to, no matter what, rally to the football. It seems like too often the offense is doing their job and the 49ers aren't once a player starts to become tackled. There were so many times against the Cardinals where the pile that develops around a ball carrier, if he doesn't go out, go down quickly, which it seems like against the 49ers they rarely do, Offensive players will come gather. Defensive players will come gather around the ball. And it just seems like the pile's almost always moving forward. And it's not like an offensive player momentum thing. It's the fact that not that many 49ers are rallying to the ball. You know, and what I mean by that is, you know, let's say if a defensive lineman sees that the ball is thrown to the other side, you know, he might just jog his way towards that play because he assumes it's going to end away from him. Well, you know, we've seen a million times in the NFL where a play kind of just goes wild and a defensive lineman from the other side ends up making a tackle or somebody on the backside of the play. I feel like the 49ers defense hasn't been great at rallying to the ball and ensuring that that offensive player, if he doesn't go down quickly, is hit two or three more times and he goes backwards. It's really just kind of like an establishing your dominance type of thing. And I I don't feel that from a 49ers defense that has been pretty solid. It hasn't been horrible. There's still a solid defense, but I feel like maybe that's kind of a way to just get better. If I'm if you know, if you if you'll allow me to talk like a coach, just get better. Another thing that I'm really like like think of a a pool that's cold. I'm just dipping my toe in to uh to to see what it really feels like. 
But keep an eye on Fred Warner for me going forward. Because up until this point of the season, I do not feel like he's been impressive. I'm not even sure he's been good. Now, that is a very surface level, like I said, just barely dipping a toe in comment. But I noticed it. I've noticed it over the course of the season. He seems to be around nearby during a lot of missed tackles. And obviously, we haven't said his name very many times in terms of making plays or doing something that, that impresses us. And I could be overreacting. But all I'm saying, and that's all I let off with, was just keep an eye on Fred Warner going forward. I feel like he's struggling. I, I It's not the end-all be-all, but I checked his pro football focus grade, and right now he's at a 57.5. And for comparison, last season he was in, at an 88.6. So obviously there's something there to what I'm seeing. I can't quantify it yet nor have I gone back and just watched every one of Fred Warner's snaps. But I feel like something's going on there, and I'm not not reporting anything, injuries, effort, nothing. I'm not reporting anything. It's just something I noticed. So keep an eye on Fred Warner going forward. Uh, Josh Norman did his best, it seems like. I mean, every time he's on the field, there's a good chance he's involved in a defensive pass interference. I think he has at least four already against him, but I'm not so sure that that's something worth complaining about just given the predicament the 49ers are in at corner by their own making, of course. There was a there was a time there towards the second half, end of the first half, second half. Let me let me actually pull up their drives here where the 49ers defense was really really put into the Cardinals. So the Cardinals for, scored on their first drive after a Trey Lance interception. And then they had to punt. And then they had a field goal. And then they have, so from after that field goal, so that's 10 points, they had a missed field goal. And the reason they missed that field goal is because Nick Bosa got a huge sack that was like a 15-yard loss, put him near midfield right at the end of the half, and they couldn't make that field goal. And then they went punt, 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 fumble. Their last drive was a touchdown drive. They allowed one touchdown in the very first drive, one touchdown on the very last drive, and then a field goal in between. That is a pretty pretty impressive effort by the defense. I was impressed. It wasn't perfect, but I was impressed. But that stretch there in the third quarter, the uh, the Cardinals only have two drive had two drives in the third quarter. Punt and punt. Not bad, not bad. Punt, 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 fumble. I think I added one extra punt in there. The fumble was impressive too. Dante Johnson got to a guy after, I think it was Rondale Moore after he was getting tackled, ran up, ripped the ball out and recovered it himself. They tried to rule it down. They reviewed it. He was not down. And uh, and that gave the 49ers the ball. Now, I think that that was just another one of their fourth down. We'll get to that, the fourth downs. We'll get to that. Trying to make sure I kind of just hit everything on defense first. Uh, there was a stretch there where DeAndre Hopkins had one massive catch that put them near the goal line. And then uh, they went to him right on the very next play, and he went up and over um, Josh Norman for the score. That was the second touchdown. Um, just one of those things where it's like it's DeAndre Hopkins is going to do his damn thing. Uh, I think it was Jimmy Ward on the deep coverage on the deep ball, and it was just one of those weird plays, super tough for a defender. Um, he was fo- Jimmy Ward was following 
DeAndre Hopkins down the field. Kyler Murray threw it up and way under threw it. Now, Jimmy Ward is following DeAndre Hopkins. He's not necessarily looking at where the ball is thrown. The only time a corner gets to look where the ball is thrown is if they're in phase, like they have, they are exactly where they need to be in coverage. And I don't think Ward was, but he was there. The ball's like underthrown 10 yards. So DeAndre Hopkins pulls a Tom Cruise top gun, hits the brakes. Jimmy Ward goes flying by and turns around and kind of just catches the ball. Um, it was just a tough play all around, but that was about 40 yards. And then that put them right in line to score. So kind of just DeAndre Hopkins things. I'm not like that. Again, two touchdowns for an entire game against this Arizona Cardinals offense at home. I was impressed with the defense. But then you go to the other side of the ball, and like I've already alluded to, that's when it became just a little more frustrating, a little less impressive. And it ain't even... It ain't even all on Trey Lance. It ain't even all on Trey Lance, and we're going to get into that. But before we get into the offense, let's kind of sum up the rest of my uh, my post-game reaction. Let's get in a quick word from our sponsors, TickPick. 49ers football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find 49ers tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. If you don't believe it, and you can find a better price for the same seats on another site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. The 49ers right now are heading into their bye week, but when they come back, it will be their home game at Levi Stadium against the Indianapolis Colts. So get yourself on TickPick. Get yourself some 49ers tickets at Levi Stadium. Visit TickPick.com slash gold today and use the promo code gold to save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. The promo code for striking gold, gold, you can see it already misses. It's always gold. It's always gold. And the word right before you say gold is code. So instant tongue twister. I mess it up at least 50% of the time. Y'all should just listen for it if I'm gonna say it. But if I nail it, you gotta give me you gotta give me credit. Because every time the promo code is always gold. And once you pack those two words up next to each other, it's tough, man. It's hard out here. It's hard out here. So, again, if you're jumping on TickPick.com, the promo code is GOLD, and you're going to save 10 bucks on your first order of 49ers tickets. Y'all already know. All right. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. So let's talk. I know that most of you guys want to hear, you know, what I think about Trey Lance. And... I think that's probably the most important takeaway from this game. It was his first ever start. Let me see if I have uh, if I have anything else I feel like I need to hit before Trey Lance, but I don't think I need to. So to me, Trey Lance showed promise. He wasn't great. I don't even know if it was good. It's something I'd really have to break down, play by play, analyze his decision making. And the things going around him. From a pure box score standpoint, Trey Lance completed 15 of 29, just a little over 50%, which is not good. For 192 yards, no touchdowns, an interception, and a 58.4 rating. For comparison's sake, Trey Lance, who wasn't good either, thanks in part a lot to the 49ers defense, completed 22 of 31. That's 71%. 239 yards, a touchdown, no interception, and a 104.1 rating. So, Trey Lance, from a statistical standpoint, was not good. But that doesn't tell the whole story. I saw a lot from Trey Lance that I liked. He didn't look overwhelmed. He struggled, but he didn't look overwhelmed. But And the added element was easy to see that Trey Lance element. And I'm not just referring to scrambling. I'm just referring to the way, maybe, I mean, maybe that would be a huge part of it, but I'm just referring to the way he operates the offense and how much harder he makes it to stop. It just, you could see it. You could see it. And 
obviously you can't really say it went great for him, but a lot, I would, I would, especially in this performance, I would venture to say that things didn't go great for the entire offense. It didn't really seem like Trey Lance got much of much help. Maybe a couple plays where it kind of seemed like a player bailed him out, out a little bit, but the 49ers had multiple drops, a brutal one from Muhammad Sanu on third down. The pass was a bit wobbly. I don't even really want to say that, though, because if it hits your hands, you should catch it. I don't give a shit what the ball's doing. Brutal drop on through down from Mohamed Sanu. There were other drops, too. Not the best offensive line protection. Trey Lance was consistently moving off his spot that he seemed content to stay in. Trey Lance seemed like he was fine operating in the pocket. Maybe if I went back and looked, there should be some more movement in the pocket. But Trey Lance didn't necessarily seem nervous, but he was consistently pushed off his spot by poor blocking, thus the holding calls as well, and uh, got around, moved around, moved the pocket, extended plays, threw downfield. Even on his interception on the very first drive, he rolled out, probably had about 10 yards of running room in front of him. Can't remember exactly what the 49ers needed. Maybe it was seven yards. Um, Instead of running, he kind of jumped and threw it to... I believe it was Travis Benjamin, sailed it over him and into the awaiting arms of Buda Baker. And it wasn't even an interception that was like, damn, he just overthrew him. Prom, I don't know if he needed to jump and throw. That seemed a little excessive. Uh, should he have run? Probably. But I just appreciated the fact that he had room to run in front of him and was still looking downfield. Now, there were always come one of those points where, hey, don't worry about who's downfield. Run, get get first down. Let's let's keep the drive going. And I understand that, but I felt like Trey Lance, he had that ability to prolong plays and keep his eyes downfield, and he used that method to make plays later on in the game. As far as you know, his accuracy, Trey Lance's accuracy wasn't great. His touch wasn't great. His timing, a little off. This clock in his head, you know, on when to scramble and when to worry about pressure didn't seem great. But what the hell do we expect to see? Trey Lance, one of the youngest starting quarterbacks in NFL history, the youngest in 49ers history, just made his first career start and played in his first first football game in like almost a year. Maybe a year and a half. I don't know how the math adds up for that one game he played before he entered the draft during his his last season at North Dakota State. The guy has barely played, and he just started his first NFL game. What did, did we expect him to be perfect? I mean, that would be unbelievable. But it, to me, it, like, of course he's not going to be perfect. He he's going to make a lot of mistakes. He's a brand new rookie quarterback with way less starting experience than we'd even expect a highly drafted rookie to have, no matter how good they are. Like, none of these things were shocking at all. And to me, 49ers fans, the 49ers in the players in the building, coaches in the building, personnel in the building, the front office, going all the way up to ownership, you had better be ready for this type of shit with Trey Lance because if this freaks you out, then you should have never drafted him. Trey Lance is going to have a lot of bad moments for years to come. But as long as that's coming with 
clear and steady development, then who cares? Like, to me, this, there's just this instant gratification attitude in a lot of just the, the scene of football that just doesn't leave any room for a player to just grow and develop, let alone one that's hasn't played and barely played any football over the last almost two years. Like what the hell did you expect? I have no problem with the stuff that Trey Lance did today. None of it scared me at all. Like let the guy get better. If you think what you saw today was the finished and final version of Trey Lance, then yeah, I guess you should be freaking out. But to me, that's just dumb. Like, Trey Lance needs to play football. And to me, after what we've seen from this 49ers team, the idea of starting Jimmy Garoppolo for a team that could still compete for a Super Bowl, which is kind of what they what I thought they were to start the season, that made sense to me. It made a little less sense when Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't playing great, considering you had a Trey Lance that, you know, Needs to get on the field. But now that the 49ers don't look like a team that could compete for a Super Bowl, then starting Jimmy Garoppolo over Trey Lance makes even less sense. When you consider the goal is for Trey Lance to be good in 2022, it would be nice and convenient and you know a pleasant surprise if Trey Lance becomes good in 2021. But... What do you want him to get better at sitting on the bench? Sure, reading a defense, mental reps, maybe becoming a little bit more familiar with the offense and knowing what to do with the ball. But to me, if you want Trey Lance to get better at football and be truly become the future of this organization, you're going to have to get him out there. And now that the, this team doesn't look ready to compete in the postseason, it makes the decision even easier for me. I don't really want to necessarily cut to like the Trey Lance start stuff yet. So let's pump the brakes on that. Let's work our way through some of our notes that I took uh, throughout the game. You know, the offense scored one whole touchdown. And I came away from that game not really knowing for sure if it was on Trey. That's both, I guess, a a backhanded compliment to Trey Lance and a little bit of an indictment of of Kyle Shanahan. I think the 49ers went for it on fourth down five times and got it once. And a lot of the times they didn't get it. It was just rough. Let me see. I've I've got them on here. Fourth down stops. Trey Lance, the first one, it was a Trey Lance run that got shit for blocking. Didn't even come close. Didn't even come close. Then the next one was on the goal line. The 49ers went for it on fourth and one. And Trey Lance kept it, you know, rolled right, kept it, went for the end zone. I thought it was a good decision to go for the end zone. At first glance, it looked like he could score. But two Cardinals defenders came up and met him at the goal line. And Trey Lance just went head first with both of them and didn't cross the line. It was close. So... (laughs) When I say cross the line, I mean the ball crossed the plane of the end zone. Somebody on Twitter felt like they needed to correct me and say it doesn't need to pass the line; it just needs to cross the 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 the, the plane of the of the white line. I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like, 
I didn't think I needed to explain the dynamics of how to score in the NFL during my tweet. Silly. Man, just silly. So he went for it on fourth and down the goal. Didn't get it. Trey Lance was stopped right at the goal line. And that kind of brings up one of my next points about Trey Lance. He put himself in harm's way too much. And I get it. He's trying to win this game for his team. He carried the ball 16 times for 89 yards and averaged 5.6 yards a carry. Not bad at all. But to me, it felt like he was putting himself in harm's way too much. It goes back to all the way back to Kyle Shanahan's offense with Robert Griffin III. You, it'll be good, but you just can't sustain that type of contact for a quarterback. I don't care if he's 6'4", 240. All the guys hitting him are pretty big too. So you had two Trey Lance runs that are stopped. Then you had Kyle Juszczyk, and this is not on Kyle Juszczyk. The 49ers were, were at midfield later in the game. I believe it was fourth in about one and three quarters. A long one, almost two. And the 49ers tried to do a keeper with Kyle Juszczyk. That didn't even come close. It was like a yard short. It just seemed like such a horrible play call. And you, know, you can't call a keeper when you need almost two yards. I mean, I guess you could. Sometimes we see them gain more than that, but it just made it a long shot to me. And then again, I don't know how many Trey Lance passes got deflected. Seems like at least four. Um, another one on fourth down later in the game. J.J. Uh, uh, Watt got his hands up. And he's J.J. Watt is, has been doing that his whole career, getting his hands on passes. It's like his thing. But yeah, got his hands up, batted the pass down, and that was that. So the 49ers were horrible on fourth down, questionable play calls. It just was sloppy, man. It was it was sloppy. Maybe, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of like fighting with myself over the, some of the stuff I'm saying, but it just was rough. It it was rough. Making sure there's I'm making sure there's nothing else I want to touch on before I get back into the Trey Lance stuff. Trying to think if there's anything else on there. But again, it just felt like Trey didn't necessarily say I have a great game, but his offense really, really attributed to that. The blocking was bad. The Kyle Shanahan, for whatever reason, to me, if you're thinking about a rookie quarterback, the first thing you want to do is support him with a good run game. Well, Elijah Mitchell returned to the game, who looks great, by the way. He just runs really well. He might be really good. He had nine carries for 43 yards, which is a respectable 4.8, almost five yards a carry. And the 49ers only gave him nine touches. Now, again, part of that run game was Trey Lance. 16 carries for 89 yards. But to me, they just put, Kyle put too much of these scenarios, these play calls on Trey Lance. It was like on Trey Lance to win the 49ers the game. And I don't think it always has to be that way, but it felt like it was. And why not run the ball a little bit more? The 49ers offense, bread and butter, is running the ball. Their offense as a whole, Trey Lance included, averaged 5.4 yards a carry. Run the ball a lot. They asked Trey Lance to throw it 30, you know, 29 times, almost 30 times. I just feel like that's too much for a rookie making his first ever start in the NFL. And it hasn't who hasn't started a game in a long time? Just felt like Kyle Shanahan put it all on Trey Lance. And it doesn't seem smart. Some of that's dictated by the situation. 
But the Cardinals were never out of reach. They were never so far out of reach that the 49ers should have felt the need to switch up the game plan, you know, run less, that type of stuff. It was just weird. It was a weird game. Weird game for Kyle Shanahan. I don't think he was – it's hard for me. I don't know if I have the acumen to just outright say that Kyle Shanahan is is doing a shitty job, but it feels like it. And that goes into the sloppiness of the team and what seems like the sloppiness of the play calling. And another thing that I was thinking in this game, I was like, can the 49ers just gain six yards on a pass? Like, can we just throw a five-yard out and a five-yard slant and a, or maybe like a seven or eight-yard dig across the middle? Like, seems like the 49ers are always going for either shit right at the line of scrimmage or things at like 15 to 20 yards. Like, just make it second and and short every now and then. It's just weird. I know that's so, <laughs> that's such a basic way of saying it. But the 40, everything about the 49ers right now just seems weird. I guess kind of my overall point after watching that game is, is I don't think that what we've seen from Jimmy Garoppolo has been good enough this season to merit automatically plugging him back into the offense when he gets healthy from the calf injury that seemed like he had a chance to play. Maybe he never did, and Kyle Shanahan was just playing his cards. But I don't think Trey Lance has, or excuse me, Jimmy Garoppolo has been good enough, whether the 49ers were winning or losing, to merit him being on the field instead of the quarterback that you gave up three first-round picks to get. I There is zero tra- chance that Trey Lance gets better on the sideline. And to me, this 49ers team has exposed themselves as, could they surprise and go to the playoffs? Hell yeah, they could. They could improve. They've had a couple wake-up calls. But to me, this team is not a playoff team right now. And therefore, playing Trey Lance in a season where you're probably not even going to go to the playoffs anyways, seems like a good investment in 2022. If Trey Lance is the quarterback of the future, then play him. Cut Jimmy Garoppolo and play him. I don't know if they'll be able to trade him. Maybe they could. But I don't see why you go back to Jimmy Garoppolo. when he. Now, again, just to kind of reinforce my point here, if... Jimmy Garoppolo had played great to start this season, had been solid, reliable, like, okay, Jimmy, I see you. If he had been that to start this season, then I would say, all right, put him back in. You know, let Trey Lance continue to develop behind him. And even then, I would kind of, like, fight myself on it. Like, I don't know, man. Let Trey get that experience. But Jimmy hasn't been that. So what the hell are you doing What's keeping you from putting in Jimmy Garoppolo? And and maybe Kyle Shanahan is just entrenched in his opinion that Jimmy Garoppolo is the starting quarterback no matter what, which he has said. He said it after the game. Nothing's changed. Jimmy's healthy. He's the starter. But I don't think he's earned that. Trey Lance had one week of practice with the 49ers starters after a season and an offseason as the backup. Again, the, the youngest 49ers quarterback to ever start. And one of the youngest of of all time in the NFL, he ain't going to get better sitting on the bench. 
And what do you gain by playing Garoppolo if he's not going to give you the winning edge, which I'm not sure he gives him right now. So if it were me, Jimmy Garoppolo would not get back on the field. I'd ride with Trey Lance, and I'd continue to give him those reps. We're coming up on a bye week, man. Imagine if just Trey Lance gets all of those starting snaps and then gets to go up against the Indianapolis Colts, which are just okay. He has Trey Lance has so much to gain right now, and in turn, the 49ers have so much to gain by playing him. And this is all kind of rooted in the fact that I'm not sure you're getting a better quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo right now. I know he's better. I know he's more experienced. But it's like not showing on the field, or at least it hasn't yet. Could it? Sure. Of course. Y'all know that. But I'm just I'm just not there. There's one player that needs to be better. It's not even a player. It's got to be Kyle Shanahan. He needs to figure out why his offense is not doing what it used to do because he put up way more points than this, even with the likes of Nick Mullins, C.J. Bathard, Brian Hoyer. What's happening this season? That's What's changed? Whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance, what's different? Because the 49ers aren't re- – they don't look like – the team we expected them to look like. And that starts with Kyle Shanahan. If he's the offensive mind he says it is, then analyze your own offense, figure out what's not working, figure out what is, and tailor your strengths to what your players are doing right. Because you can't just sit there and say, well, look, the play I drew up was right, was great. This guy got open. Maybe on that play, the offensive line didn't do their job. You have to adjust to that. You can't just all season say, oh, well, if someone blocked, if someone ran the right route, if someone did this, that's also on you. If players aren't doing what the play is intended, then that's also on you. And if it's somebody like an, like something like an offensive line that's hanging you out to dry, then you got to adjust to that. And so I want to see, see Kyle Shanahan make adjustments. Whether it's Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo, I want to see him make adjustments and put his team in a position to win. Because against a lackluster Cardinals defense, they scored one touchdown. I don't care if it was Trey Lance's starting debut. They scored one touchdown. Just wasn't good enough. And I, there's a lot more to it, a lot more minutia, a lot more context then just the buck stops here but it does for Kyle Shanahan it really does and he needs to find a way to get this team better and he needs to do it quick he needs to do it quick and a lot of that is going to come down to what he decides to do at quarterback I'm just thinking I'm thinking right here with you guys little bit of thinking silence right there. It's uh, it's interesting. I'm staring at a, a tweet from Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee, also of the Candlestick Chronicles podcast on the Blue Wire Network. Post-game, Kyle Shanahan said, nothing's changed in regards to Jimmy Garoppolo's status as the 49ers starting quarterback when healthy. But he also refuted a report from NFL media that Garoppolo would remain the starter no matter how well Lance played against the Cardinals. Shanahan said someone made something up. 
Very well could be the case. We don't know. But I do think Shanahan has a, has a decision to make. I do. I think Shanahan has a decision to make. And uh, I'm not sure it should be Jimmy Garoppolo at this point. I'm not taking a hard stance. Not super passionate about it. But I feel like playing Trey Lance and allow him to allowing him to develop that experience that he hasn't had in a while uh, would only serve the 49ers better. Maybe now, definitely in the future. And if the 49ers continue to play like a team that isn't destined for the playoffs, that's last in their division, then the decision's made easier. It's made easier. Um, again, the 49ers are now entering uh, their bye week which seems like it's kind of coming at a good time. As much as I don't like a week six bye, you know, towards the, the beginning third of the season, uh, I feel like now's a good time. It gives Kyle Shanahan time to make the adjustments we talked about him needing to make. It gives him a little more time to see Trey Lance in his starting offense. Uh, maybe a little bit more time to have a genuine competition between him and Jimmy Garoppolo. It just, it seems right. It seems, it seems okay. And, you know, they have the Colts and the Bears, and then they're right back against the Cardinals. And then after that, they got the Rams. So it's, it's going to get hot quick for the 49ers. And, uh, and Kyle Shanahan's not going to have it easy. Tell you that. We know that. But hey, that's it for my quick reaction. Like I said, jumping on here right after the game to give you my thoughts. Um, if there's, if there's, we'll break this down even further uh, a little later in the week. If there's some good quotes from the coaches and players, we'll bring those up as well. Um, probably for the bye week, you know, maybe we'll do a little bit of a mailbag a little later this week. I'll tweet that out. Maybe we'll have some guests on here. You know, just switch things up for the bye week. But hey, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening to the Striking Gold podcast. Uh, thank you for making it what it is and sticking with me despite the uh, the lack of a co-host uh, right now. Um, we're still working it, but I'm in no rush. But I appreciate you guys. Thank you for uh, for sticking with us. You know, we just got some. Uh, you know, things are going well. I'll just say that things are going well despite the fact that uh, that it's just me right now. So uh, I have, and internet really all that it, that comes down to is you guys keep uh, keep listening to the podcast download rate subscribe review all that fancy stuff uh, because i appreciate it uh, i'll come at you guys a little later this week uh, just break down kind of what we're seeing a little more in detail uh, but for another episode i'm rob and this is striking gold and we're signing out